Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. Want to do a podcast? Actually, I think it's time we sync up with someone else. Hi, I'm Nicole Child and welcome to Sync Ups with Cycle Chats, a space for women to be educated, empowered and inspired. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all things sleep, why sleep is so important, how it impacts our ability to do things, as well as our mental and physical health. And I'm going to be sharing 10 tips to help you sleep better so you can wake up feeling more relaxed, more refreshed and ready to tackle the day. So let's dive into getting better sleep. So I'm sure we've all experienced a bad night's sleep at some point in our lives because our mind is swimming with thoughts and we just can't switch off. Random thoughts, that huge to-do list that you need to tackle, perhaps catastrophizing over all the things that could go wrong in your meeting at work tomorrow. And every now and again, maybe a cringy moment from our past pops up and we end up going over it again and again in our heads down that what-if spiral. It happens to the best of us at times. But if you struggle to fall asleep like 62% of the adults around the world, then no doubt you'll be feeling exhausted, moody and slightly irritable. Shockingly, recent statistics have revealed that one in five adults in the USA struggle to sleep every single night. Half of adults experience insomnia at least once a month or more, and it's said that women are 42% more likely to have trouble falling asleep than men. And not only do you feel exhausted and not quite yourself, but if you don't get good quality sleep over a prolonged period of time, it has a detrimental effect on your mental and physical health too. And this is because whilst we're asleep, important processes take place, which are important for a number of our bodily functions. This includes helping us to heal and repair, process emotional events, and lower our anxiety and stress levels. After just one restless night, we can experience irritability, frustration, and reduced focus, which can impact our performance, cause us to procrastinate, more and increase our levels of anxiety. If you remember from the last episode, I spoke about being in our primitive cave lady brain, that part of our brain that is responsible for our safety, but is extremely negative. When we're tired and we're exhausted, we're more likely to operate from that part of our brain. A lack of sleep also affects our eating habits too. I don't know about you, but when I've had a late night and I'm feeling exhausted, I'm not exactly opting for a healthy salad or a banana. Oh no, I'm reaching for something high fat, sugary, and most likely to be unhealthy. Now the reason for this is that when we're sleep deprived, there will be areas of our brain that may not be getting enough information. And so we overcompensate by choosing foods with a richer energy signal. Our level of ghrelin increases as well. And ghrelin is an appetite stimulant. Interestingly, there was research that showed that when participants were sleep deprived, their brain showed greater activity in response to certain food smells. Smells like potato chips and donuts compared to when they'd slept a full eight hours. So if you're someone that's watching their weight, stop calorie counting and start thinking about improving your sleep instead. So hopefully you get the idea that sleep is very important and you're probably thinking, yes, I know I need to sleep a bit more. I just can't. So there are a number of reasons and theories as to why women seem to struggle more with sleep. And I could probably do a whole episode on this alone, but I'll share with you some of the main reasons. One reason could be that there are health conditions in play here. Things like insomnia, menopause, digestive issues. And then when you couple that with medications, that can impact our sleep. Antidepressants, beta blockers, diuretics, they can all impact our sleep. Now, please note that I'm not suggesting for one moment that you stop taking any prescribed medication. It's always best to seek advice from your medical practitioner if you have any concerns at all that any of the medication you're taking is affecting you in any way. Now, as we age, our sleep cycle and our quality of sleep changes. A reason for this is that we spend less time in the deepest stages of sleep, which can lead to more 
more nighttime awakenings. And because of this, we're also more prone to being woken up by external factors like sound and light. Another reason is hormonal imbalances and changes. This can be a bit of a catch-22, as some of our body's hormones can impact our sleep quality, but then sleep is also instrumental to hormone production. And finally, one of the biggest factors that affects our sleep is our stress levels. Stress is our body's response to a perceived threat. And like I said in the last episode, it doesn't matter whether it's actually a real threat or not. When we feel stressed, our brain activates the amygdala, causing a surge of hormones which prepare us to fight, flee or freeze. This response triggers our sympathetic nervous system and causes an array of physical symptoms such as an increased heart rate, shortness of breath and even digestive issues. So if our brain thinks that there is any kind of danger, even if consciously we know that there isn't, it's not going to allow us to fall asleep easily. So there are some factors that I've mentioned that are a bit trickier for us to change or control. I mean, it's not like we can flip a switch and say, nope, no more aging, thank you. I mean, how amazing would it be if we could actually do that? Although genetics do play a role in our health, the biggest factor is our lifestyle choices. In fact, it's been said that genetics loads the gun and in the environment pulls the trigger. We can't do much about the genes we have, but we do have control over our lifestyle choices. And when it comes to sleep, our lifestyle choices play a big, big factor. So I could spend forever going over all the reasons why we're not able to fall asleep. And I'm sure we have our own unique reasons and recipes for why we're not falling asleep. Now, as a solution-focused hypnotherapist, I'm all about the solutions. And chances are, if you're still listening, and I haven't sent you to sleep yet, you're looking for something to help you drift off easier. So let me share with you 10 tips that you can implement to get better sleep. So let's start things off with a nice, simple one. Tip number one, aim for a consistent bedtime, even at the weekends. Being consistent reinforces your body's sleep-wake cycle. If you don't fall asleep within about 20 minutes of going to bed, leave your room and go do something relaxing instead. Tip number two, make sure you're getting enough sunlight exposure. So it's often thought that to get a good night's sleep, we just have to think about our bedtime routine. And as much as it is a factor, and one we'll get into in a a little bit later, what we do need to do is think about what we do during the day as well because this plays a big part too. Getting enough light during the day acts as an important cue for your body's sleep cycle. It has an impact on your circadian rhythm, which is this tiny internal clock that sets off changes in your body when it's time to wake up and go to sleep. And it ensures that the sleep-wake cycle is working effectively. So the light that you're exposed to during the day helps your body figure out when it's time to go to bed and when it's time to wake up. Ideally, we want to be getting two to 10 minutes of early morning sun exposure within the first hours of waking. Now, I don't know where you are based but here in the UK we very rarely get any sunlight this time of the year let alone within the first hour of waking. Getting outside and getting fresh air is always good for us but if you're not able to get much sunlight then you want to be turning on all those bright lights first thing in the morning. Now following on from this but still staying on the topic of light exposure is tip number three. Put down your electrical devices at least two hours before your bedtime. The blue light emitted from them tells your body that it's not time to sleep yet and it messes up our circadian rhythm. As tempting as it might be to use your computer or phone before bed, research has shown that our devices are interfering with our sleep. And this is because they're suppressing our production of melatonin, which is a natural hormone released in the evening to help us feel tired and ready for sleep. Be mindful too here that there are certain types of household lighting that can also affect melatonin production at night. So think about dimming your lights and using lamps or table lights instead of those bright overhead lights, as this will help your body produce that much needed melatonin. Tip number four is to have a warm shower or hot bath before bed. The hot water helps change your body's core temperature so that when you go to bed, you've got this low temperature which signals to your body's circadian rhythm that it's time for bed. 
Tip number five. Now, this is never a popular one, but bear with me. Tip number five is to lower the amount of caffeine you consume. Now, I know there are people who say they can drink coffee and energy drinks all day and still sleep well, but trust me, you may well be laying your head back on your pillow and falling asleep, but unfortunately, you will not be getting that good quality sleep that you need. And this is because it takes up to 10 hours for caffeine to leave our system completely. So ideally, we want to stop drinking it around midday. Now, if the thought of that fills you with dread and you feel like you can't completely give up caffeine altogether, then take small steps. Gradually lower the amount that you drink, or perhaps drink it slightly earlier in the day. If you're like me and you love a hot drink, then try decaffeinated herbal teas instead. I know it's not the same, but trust me, your brain will thank you for it. So things like chamomile, lemongrass, lemon and honey, they're all great hot drink alternatives that help you to relax. Tip number six is to create a comfortable sleeping environment. Hot, cold or drafty rooms can seriously impact our sleep and in particular our REM sleep which is that part of our sleep cycle that helps us process emotional memories of the day. Hot stuffy rooms are likely to cause restlessness while a too cold room will make it difficult to drop off. The best thing to do in the winter months is to have your window open but then have a duvet and blankets that you can throw on or off depending on how you feel. You also want your bedroom to be quiet, dark and relaxing. And this leads me on to tip number seven. And this tip is also one that isn't a popular one. But tip number seven is to keep your phone out of the room. And this will do wonders for your sleep. Having your phone in your room makes it so easy to pick it up to check what time it is. And when you do that, you're exposing yourself to that blue light. You're basically telling your brain that it's not time to sleep. It's also very tempting as well when we're not able to sleep to then pick it up, check any notifications or have that little scroll through social media. And if you really can't keep your phone out of your room, then try putting it on airplane mode instead. That's the next best thing. And if you need to set an alarm, then get yourself an old school battery clock. They still sell them, believe it or not, and you can even get ones that don't tick. I mean, there's nothing worse than having a ticking clock in the background when you can't sleep. Okay, so you may be thinking, that's great, Nicole. I have no trouble falling asleep. You know, I fall asleep sleep easily. My issue is I just can't stay asleep. And you may be that person who finds that you're so exhausted come the evening just because your busy overactive mind has been constantly on the go all day. And when it comes to the evening, you crash out and you fall asleep straight away. As a side note, this was exactly me. When I used to be a teacher, I would rush around all day from the moment I woke up until the very moment that I stopped at the end of the day. And then I would literally crash out on the sofa in front of the TV. I'd wake up groggy after a bit of a prod from my husband. And then I'd waddle off to bed in an almost drunk-like sleepy state. Now, for those of you who struggle to drop off to sleep, that might sound ideal. But the problem is, and much to my frustration, was that I'd find myself waking up way before my alarm was due to go off. Sometimes this would be two, three, or four o'clock in the morning. And rather than drifting back off to sleep, our mind then starts racing. We're staring into space, and then we're getting frustrated that we're not able to fall asleep. Not only does the overthinking cause anxiety... And if you remember from previous episodes, I mentioned how stressful or negative scenarios in our head cause our brain to think that we're actually living through them. And it's therefore releasing all sorts of stress chemicals. But it's also so frustrating as you're watching the time pass, knowing full well that you're going to wake up feeling absolutely exhausted. And as an aside, it's worth mentioning that waking up in the middle of the night is actually quite normal. We naturally wake up several times in our sleep cycle, which consists of four stages. We have the transition from awake to sleep, light sleep, deep sleep and REM sleep. And we don't necessarily remember the times when we do wake up. It has little impact if you are able to then fall back to sleep. However, 
It's not okay if we're not able to fall back asleep, especially if we haven't been able to get enough sleep. So my next three tips are going to be what do we can do when we wake up in the middle of the night and find it tricky to get back to sleep again. So I think we're on tip number eight. Tip number eight is to think of something boring. So counting backwards, repeating your times tables, or if maths isn't your thing, replay your day action by action. So from the very moment you wake up and going back over every movement you've made, almost as though a big brother camera was watching you. Now make sure you don't evoke any emotion here. Don't get caught up on the things that didn't go well or what people did that annoyed you. There is no emotion involved here. It's just like you're watching a narrative of your day. This will help your mind take away from those dramatic what-if scenarios that we like to create or to go over all those things that have happened in the past. Tip number nine is to do a brain dump. Keep a notebook by your bed and write down anything that is worrying you. And it doesn't have to make sense. Just write anything that comes to your mind. Random thoughts, your to-do list, whatever it is. Get it onto paper and out of your mind. Now tip 10, if you're lying there for a while, so more than sort of 20 to 30 minutes, get out of bed. Now you're probably thinking, hmm, Nicole, your tips are supposed to help me fall asleep. How the heck is getting out of bed going to help? Well, it might sound counterproductive, but if you've been laying in bed for more than 20 or 30 minutes, then it's definitely time to get out of bed. You do not want your brain associating your bed as a place that you worry and stay awake. If anything, the only two actions that should ideally take place in bed is sleep and sex. We want your bed to create a feeling of calm and relaxation in your body, not frustration, anxiety and worry. So get out of bed and go do something relaxing. Something like reading, listening to a guided relaxation, or go do something extremely tedious and boring. If anything, avoid picking up your phone or turning on the TV, as we don't want that exposure to the blue light, which will signal to your brain even more that it's not time to sleep. I know it's tricky, but try not to clock watch too. But just focus on whatever task you decide to do. And when you feel yourself starting to get sleepy, then take yourself off to bed. Now, I once had a client who told me that she actually got up one night and rearranged the food in her cupboards according to their expiry dates. This job was so boring that it didn't actually take long for her to start feeling sleepy. And then the following night, her brain woke her up again. Our brains are a bit like puppies. They can take a bit of time to train. So please be patient if it doesn't work straight away. So my client got up, she started to clean the kitchen floor. She hadn't even got a quarter of the way through when she felt herself getting sleepy and off she took herself to bed. Now, amazingly, the next night when she woke up, she told herself that if she didn't fall asleep in about 20 minutes time, she would have to get up and clean the rest of the floor. Now, funnily enough, she found herself drifting off to sleep and she actually never got around to finishing that job. So go ahead, you know, write a list of boring jobs that you never get around to doing. And next time you find yourself staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night, tell yourself you'll have to go and do one of them. This tip is a nice one because if you don't sleep, at least you have the bonus of having an extremely tidy house. Now, the most important thing to do is not put too much pressure on yourself to stay asleep or get back to sleep because this only adds to the stresses, which means that we're unlikely to then fall asleep again and it cements that vicious cycle. Now, if you've tried all sorts already and you're still not getting any sleep, then it's probably time to seek further help. Now, this is especially the case if insomnia is taking a heavy toll on your mood and your health. Please avoid reaching for over-the-counter sleeping tablets as these can seriously mess up your sleep cycle even more. I know it can be tempting, but trust me, they're the worst thing that you can do because although they can knock you out, 
and they do help you to get some shut eye, you're not actually getting that good quality sleep that you need. All too often, I've had clients that come to me and before they've come to me, they've relied heavily on sleeping tablets and they find that they're so exhausted the next morning when they wake up. And what happens is it takes them longer than normal to wean themselves off the tablets and to get themselves back into a good routine. The best thing to do is speak to your health professional just to rule out any of those underlying medical issues. Another thing that's great as well is hypnotherapy because it helps to quieten down your mind so that you can drift off to sleep. Many of my clients notice a huge improvement in their sleep after just a few sessions. It's super relaxing and will also help you to better manage your stresses and your anxieties so that you can actually get off to sleep and stay asleep for longer. When I work with my clients, I give them a sleep audio that helps them to calm down that cave lady brain and all too often it sends them off to sleep in no time. Of course, do reach out if you'd like to know any more. I am always more than happy to point you in the right direction for any support that's needed. So this is the end of my series. I hope you found these episodes useful and you've learned a bit more about how your brain works and know that if you procrastinate, overthink, experience stress or anxiety, you're human. And if you think that any of these things are an issue, then it's your primitive cave lady brain that's running the show. Feel free to connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me under NC Hypnotherapy. I also have a free Facebook group where I share tons of resources and I do weekly live training to help you train your brain and bring yourself back into balance. I also hold regular guided meditations in there too. And if this sounds a little bit of you, then you can find it as the Attentive Mind Collective with Nicole Child. And I will be running a free masterclass in February too. So be sure to check out that if you're interested, if you're ready to realign your mind to feel more calm, connected and in control. If you want to know more about the work that I do with my one-to-one clients, then do get in touch. My details will be in the captions below. And on this note, I I'm going to love you and leave you. So this is Nicole Child. It has been a pleasure recording this series with Cycle Chats and we hope you sync up with us next time. Mm